Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. I did something to my computer. I'm, I'm not worried, but but that that shouldn't mean anything because I don't worry. But I'm so scared, Katie. I'm so scared now. <laughs> no, I think what? that you just, you know, changed the display. Everything else looks the way it's supposed to be. It's just bigger. Okay. I'm sure it's fine. All right. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> so we are going to talk about Creep. The Radiohead song. I'm a creep. I like this song so much. <laughs> that was a pretty half-hearted attempt I'm to try and sing it. I'm, a I'm sorry, our engineer is bothering me. Don't well, forget to test the microphones. I did, and then I did something, and now my screen's crazy. Yeah. This is what happens when you leave to get a haircut, Victor. Who does that? <laughs> right. You know we're recording. Only, Why would you leave? Only dummies. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for everything. So, but before we dive into that, <laughs> yes, we need to find out what is new with Meredith. Mm, Jack Diddley crap. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you were smart. Gonna tell me something about someone named Jack. No, I uh, I mean I moved classrooms. That That's a huge right. Pain in my again ass. Yeah. Um, it's just so much stuff. It's crazy, and. I mean, I guess it's better than no stuff. Sure. <laughs> Not when you're moving. <laughs> well, I mostly got everything. Yeah, everything's moved out of my old classroom. Everything's back in in my new classroom. And I've just been organizing, organizing, and purging. And because I don't want to start my year off flying by the seat of my pants like I did last year with everything's insanely messy behind closed doors, my cabinets. Yeah. Um, and then I lose stuff. So I have like a spot for everything now where I'm trying to be that person. I'm really not that person, mm. but I'm trying to be. I'm that person. I am not. <laughs> I've had, I have a very artsy, fartsy mind. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that doesn't work. You, you have an <laughs> abstract gotta, lifestyle. <laughs> yes. I got to figure it out. So uh, I moved classrooms and then I binged all of Black Mirror season No six. way. Oh, I've the- never seen a single episode of Black Mirror. <sighs> I know. Everybody tells me it's right up my alley. It is. Yeah. If yeah. it's up your alley, I, you and I have the same alley. It's really good. Although the first few seasons were from, I think, BBC. So they're a little more like political. I mean, all of them are saying something, you know, with technology or politics or something like that. Like okay. a bigger picture kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them are like a movie, in a, like with length and production value and storytelling. And they're very, very good. And then Netflix took over in the the past few years some are okay some Mm. are like really good so Hmm. they're not all winners but um yeah you should check it out so i watched all of it and ignored my responsibilities as one does in the summer that is the the purpose of a teacher's summer yeah so what's new with you um well i haven't binged anything because i was in arkansas for a week um visiting family and I went with, um, it was just me and my kids, 
And um, yeah, so the family that I have out there is uh, from my dad's side and um, particularly the people that we stay with when we go out there is my dad's first cousin and his wife, um, who since, you know, my parents, um, well, my dad's been gone since before my kids were born and my mom's gone now too. So those are kind of like their grandparents for my side of the family. Uh-huh. Um, and they're really, really lovely people. They are um beef cattle farmers. Um, so they have a lot of land and a lot of opportunities for stuff that my kids would never get to do here. Like, um, well, actually it was pretty exciting this time because, um, Tommy, so my son is 16 now and, um, he hasn't been there. We haven't been there since before COVID. So last time he was there was 12. I don't, he had never, um, driven a four wheeler on his own, like without an adult on it with him. Um, and so obviously this time he could. And so he was actually like, moving cows like on his own with the four wheeler, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, never done before and just blew his mind. He was so excited. He was like, I felt like Chris Pratt in Jurassic World like with the (laughs) raptors. Um, And it was pretty amazing to like see him like take on something like that that is like so foreign to him Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, handle it and do really well. And, you know, we did a river float on the Buffalo River and we visited um, with family members and just, you know, did a lot of front porch setting, visiting. As one does. As one does in the semi-south. Um, Arkansas is pretty south. Yeah, well, they're in northwest Arkansas. They're up in the Ozarks near um, oh, University of cool Arkansas. Ozarks, though. Um, yeah, so it's it's really it's a really beautiful, beautiful um, part of the state, and um, we love going there. Um, but I did not mind coming home and driving into the grocery store parking lot and seeing the big rainbow flag for Pride Month with the SF thing, and I'm like, that's an upgrade from the Confederate flags in the gas station. So <laughs> always happy to come home <laughs> from those visits. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. And like, uh, we hadn't it, been there for a long time. It's heritage, not hate, Katie. You're absolutely right. <laughs> we we can't erase history. We should embrace it and put it on a hat. For any new listeners, I don't think that like at yeah. all. So just yeah. uh, just a little <laughs> FYI. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it, welcome back. That's it, nice. It is, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird refreshing. though, like seeing um, you know, because this is this is Pride Weekend. Um, it, you know, it won't be when this episode posts, but right now um, it is a Saturday of Pride Weekend. So there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of celebration and preparation. The parade will be tomorrow, but stuff's already been going on all week. Um, and even though I was only gone for a week, it, it feels strange to be back somewhere where it's like that's such a universally accepted thing to celebrate. You mm-hmm. know, it's not to say that there's not people in San Francisco that you know, are homophobic because certainly they are, but that the character of the city is like, we're all in agreement that this is a beautiful thing. Like that's our, our city's character. Yeah. And they're to everyone who's not, they're like, you just got to get over it. Yeah. You, you just got to keep your mouth shut. You got to <laughs> suck it up. Um, and so it, it's just, it's a really, it's lovely to be back with that. Well, welcome back. And then the cool weather is probably nice too. <laughs> yeah, actually, but we got really lucky with the weather while we were there. It was not very warm. It rained a couple of times, but not ever at a time that interfered with any of our plans. So oh. it was a really great trip. Well, that's great. Yeah. That sounds fun. I need to go back and visit... Tejas, but yeah. also, uh, yeah, not not now though. No, it's not. So in, hot. Yeah, well, because it's I, like 112. Yeah, my um. So the way it's difficult it. to Ugh, um fly to where my family is because they don't have a lot of big airports near them, and the ones that they do, you can't get direct flights into from San Francisco. 
um, and when and whatever connecting flights and all, it's expensive. Um, and so one of the options that we've done from time to time that is the cheapest but kind of annoying is we'll fly into DFW um, in Dallas, uh, which is you know a reasonable flight from and direct flight from San Francisco. But then mm-hmm. we have to rent a car and drive. It's about six seven hours up to where they are from Dallas. And so this time my aunt who lives in Georgetown outside of Austin, mm-hmm. she wanted to you know visit go on our our Arkansas visit with us, and so she drove up from Georgetown, met us at the airport picked us up in Dallas and then we took her car um, up to Arkansas and um, she was just like the whole time we were in Arkansas was like looking at the weather back home in Georgetown and just like freaking out like my plants are gonna die my pets are gonna die my house is gonna implode so she was not excited (laughs) to be going back (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly so yeah she wasn't excited to go back to that yeah, there's a reason I don't go back in the summer. No, like, sorry, family, no. but like, nah. Sorry, <laughs> I'll, I'll see you in November. <laughs> I'm like, it's 60 degrees here. Yeah. I would, it's, yeah, I want to say fi- at least fi- 50 degrees hotter. It's yeah. Insane. Yeah. Forget almost, it. Almost double the temperature. <laughs> nah. Approaching double the temperature. That's crazy. Yeah. So I ha- I'm sitting here with my hoodie. Yeah, and I had like a blanket on earlier. I'm like, oh, this. Is, uh, I need my hot cocoa, <laughs> my lap blanket, and my, my slippers because of my arthritis. Arthritis. <laughs> I got the rheumatism. <laughs> okay, so I am doing the. It's not very. It feels like a lot of pages, but the movie's short. Really short. It's yeah. It's only an hour and seventeen, so it's quick. It's also. Um, only two characters yep. in it, and um, yeah, so I will do the synopsis. It's, um, like I said, came out in 2014. Uh, I've seen it maybe two or three times since then, mm-hmm. but then um, I love the second one, too. It's very, yeah. very good. But So let me start with, um, the movie opens with a guy driving himself, and the title card says 321-2012. As he's driving, he's talking about leaving the flatlands and heading towards the mountains. He says he isn't sure he was meeting, but the ad um, said $1,000 a day, discretion appreciated. He jokes that it may be a 40-year-old woman who wants rubdowns, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of chuckles. Because <laughs> it's like a Craigslist um, kind of ad that he responded to. For a videographer, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so as a viewer... We see the town is nice that he's driving through. He arrives to a house with a yellow door and no one answers the door. He So he calls um, the phone number he was provided on his cell phone. Nobody answers. He notices an axe and a stump and then he kind of just goes back to the car and waits, uh, thinking maybe this guy's not going to show. Then there's a jump scare as the client, Joseph, appears in the window uh, and he remarks that it's going to be a great day. He asks for a hug. Uh, and Aaron has a nice and, and he says, Aaron has a nice and kind face. Joseph um, and Aaron then enter into his what uh, Joseph calls his family vacation home. Joseph says that he's wanting to get started right away. And then he proceeds to tell Aaron about his cancer. And he tells Aaron that his wife um he you know, has a baby on the way. It's their first child, and he wants to create a film for his son. So he just wants Aaron t- to film his day and hang out with him for the day and be all in it with him, kind yeah. of. And so um, then Aaron's like, yeah, I'm up for it. And so J- Joseph pays him his $1,000. 
And then Joseph heads into a bath, and he has what he calls a tubby. <laughs> and uh, mentioned that he had tubbies with his own dad, and he minds taking a bath with a baby named Buddy with stinky feet. <laughs> then he kind of starts acting weird. I mean, that's kind of, that was weird to the get-go. And he was like, okay, let's go to the bathroom. And Aaron's yeah. like, what? And he was like, just start stripping naked yeah. to get in the tub. And he like looks at him and he's like, are we cool? Like, are you, are you good with this? Like, this is, this is going to get real intimate, buddy. And, and Aaron's like, okay. Okay, sure. And um, so then he starts talking about how sad that this is, uh, his death, his imminent death is only two or three months away why wait and why not end it now? And then he submerges himself in the water and Aaron gets concerned until Joseph pops out and he's like, I'm, I'm just messing with you. I'm sorry. That's a bad joke. I have a weird sense of humor. And Aaron's like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Cool. <laughs> so then the two of them decide to go outside. Aaron is directed to get a jacket in the hallway closet before they leave. And he screams in shock as he sees a wolf mask. Joseph tells Aaron that the mask is named, is named Peach Fuzz. Joseph puts the mask on and then does a dance. Um, <laughs> as one does. As one does. <laughs> and the two of them go decide to go to the healing waters near his house. Once inside the forest um, and on the trail, Joseph proceeds to run off, sprinting off into the forest. And um, you see Aaron as he holds the camera up and you see his face. He's kind of dismayed like <laughs> this freaking guy. Kind of annoyed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he is dis dismayed. Joseph pops out and... It, it gets another jump, like screaming jump scare from Aaron, and then um, he he tells Aaron, "Hey, you just had a near death experience." Yeah, uh, he's he he seems he really likes pushing his buttons. Yeah, from like the first yeah, he moment, just he kind of seems like like kind of an annoying guy. Yeah, you're like okay, yeah, okay, this is you're, sure. that's funny and that's thanks. Yeah, so then the two of them proceed to walk to the waters, and Joseph asks Aaron if. He saw the axe and uh, the stump when he got there, and and he was like, well, did a little, little part of you think that um, you'll get killed with the axe? And Aaron's like, yeah, I was worried before I met you, and now I'm not worried anymore. Yeah. Um, so then they find, find uh, the heart pool of water, and you see the two of them get in the water, and they seem to have a great time. Joseph carves an A and a J uh, on, on the rocks, and he draws a big heart around it. And they just, they just have a nice, half, lovely afternoon. Then the two of them go eat lunch. And Joseph, um, he, when he he's like, let's go to this place. They have like the best pancakes. I've been going there for like, you know, my whole life. My whole life. Yeah. And then Joseph is like looking at the menu and yeah. Aaron kind of comments. He's like, hey, I thought you used to go here all the time with your family. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, no, they changed the menu. But yeah, he's like, they change the menu all the time. He has like an explanation for everything. So then Joseph asks. Um, Aaron, if he's ever done anything he's really ashamed of, and then J Joseph takes the camera and points it at Aaron. Aaron tells them about he him peeing him pants all the time and getting an alarm for peeing his pants. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. And then um, then Joseph asks for a turn, and the uh, camera is pointed at him, and he reveals to Aaron that he took pictures of Aaron while he was waiting uh, in the car. And he apologizes and he's like, do you forgive me? I'm, you know, I'm sorry for kind of tricking you and, and yeah. observing you. Being a creep. Being a creep. <laughs> Aaron says he thinks it's a little weird, but it's fine. Yeah. So then the two of them arrive back in the house. Aaron wants to head out, but Joseph wants to pour him a whiskey just kind of to kind of, like commemorate the day. Yeah. And uh, Aaron He's really want, he really wants to go, but Joseph, in the end, uh, convinces him to come in. 
Joseph asks Aaron why he took the job, and then he offers Aaron some money. Aaron then wants to leave, and he's like, okay, I'm ready to go, and then uh, tells Joseph that he ha- is going to go ahead and head out. Joseph, Joseph exclaims that he lied to Aaron um, about peach fuzz and asks Aaron to turn off the camera so he can tell Aaron something horrible. So the camera is, you can hear the audio, but like you can't see any picture. And, yeah, and they subtitle it. Yeah, and so... The, the viewer hears um, audio, Joseph, tell Aaron that he found animal porn in the browser history. And it was like the dumbest story I've ever heard. Yeah. Like my wife watches animal porn. And... Yeah. And Angela denied looking at it. And then he proceeded to tell Aaron that he got the mask and then had sex with his wife. And then uh, after that, Angela was satisfied and that stopped messing up with their Internet and everything was totally fine. And then the next scene shows Joseph sum up the documentary, and Aaron's like, "That sounds great. Let's. I'm gonna go." And Joseph's like, <laughs> I <can't> I don't, <laughs> "Joseph's like, I don't feel like I got. I did the best. Like, I want to do another retake." And Aaron's like, "No, no, it's great." And he yeah. wants to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So he really needs to leave, but he can't find his keys. Dun dun dun. So Joseph asks if Aaron was freaked out by his weird story, which of course anyone would be weirded out. But Joseph tells Aaron that he should stay the night, um, and Aaron agrees because he's like you've been drinking a lot it's really curvy roads like this is a bad idea and then and you can't even find your keys so yeah, just stay so the just night. leave in the morning yeah leave in the morning so Aaron agrees and then he pours Joseph a gigantic whiskey and we as a viewer see him kind of put something in the, the drink really fast yeah <laughs> and um he brings it over to Joseph and he's like bottoms up and he like, drinks this whole <laughs> glug, glug, glug. so Joseph drinks it all and then he goes to sleep on the fireplace <laughs> as you do Aaron takes out Joseph's cell phone and then it rings so because he's looking for his keys in right Joseph's and he thinks pockets. that that Joseph like might have taken them so yeah. he's like checking him for him so he's checking and then he only finds his cell phone so he decides to answer the phone he closes himself in the bathroom he answers it and it's Angela and she tells him that her brother has problems she's like who the fuck are you and he's like I'm the videographer I'm like or I'm here to with your husband I'm with your husband filming about his cancer well she's like what are you okay you gotta get out of there you need to leave like she doesn't like explain anything or refute anything that he's saying she's just basically like you know what you just need to leave right now just get out of there and she goes my brother has lots of problems and you need to leave. And he's like, well, I can't find my keys. And he, she's like, you just need to walk out. Yeah. You just need to go. So, um, and she, of course, isn't his wife like Aaron led, um, was led to believe. So then Aaron returns to the living room and Joseph is nowhere to be seen. He's not in the fireplace anymore. What? Ah, so he goes out on the deck. He notices like the door is a little bit open mm-hmm. and he goes outside and then Joseph appears scaring the crap out of Aaron again. And he goes, death is coming. And he's sort of like staring, <laughs> staring into space. And then Aaron proceeds or not, excuse me, not Aaron. Joseph proceeds to cry saying, I don't want to die. He's like, Ooh, like that. Like a and, little bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then he, um, Aaron tells Joseph, he's like, I know you're troubled. Can Mm. I please have my keys? And then Aaron, um, or excuse me, Joseph kind of looks at him with a blank face and he runs away really fast into the house and down the stairs. Aaron follows him and Joseph is wearing the peach fuzz mask. 
as he's blocking the door, which is Pichifa's is just a big gigantic wolf mask. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like I don't think I described it. Yeah, it's like a full on like full head covering rubber mask. So like the rubber wolf, like werewolf looking face, not like a natural looking wolf, but like a werewolf, a character cartoonish. Yeah, looking. with like red eyes and like big like snarling fangs and everything, and then it's got a ton of like hair, yeah, like almost like a lion mane worth of hair, which like again like doesn't go with a real wolf doesn't even really go with a werewolf but it's just like kind of this crazy wild mop of hair that's just peach fuzz that's just peach fuzz uh just think of like yeah like a mop yeah yeah it looks like a mop was glued it glued onto yeah this, this head um so he Aaron's like are you just trying to scare me and he nods yes he's like you're not gonna let me go he's like nods no and then there's a scuffle and you only see as a viewer as Aaron because Aaron's holding the camera and he, there's a scuffle and then the next scene is it's morning and you see Joseph dragging some bags of stuff in the forest. He has a shovel and he digs, starts digging a hole. And then the film pauses and we see that Aaron is watching footage in his own home and it's on his, um, I think, laptop or television screen. I'm not sure. Which is like a little bit of like a, a detour because when you go from that struggle scene to the digging a hole and bag scene, you're like, oh, so Joseph killed Aaron and now he's burying him. But mm-hmm. then like a moment later, you see Aaron alive watching footage in his own apartment. So you're like, yeah. oh, wait, never mind. What's happening now? And he's like, what the fu- What the heck? Okay. Um, that's not creepy. <laughs> <laughs> So he then sort of tells, because he has the camera pointed at it himself, and he tells the viewer that after the scuffle, Joseph ran off into the woods. As one does. And Aaron had to get his car towed, because he could <laughs> never find his keys. And he thought the whole thing was over. He was just like, I just thought of it like that was just a weird thing that happened. Yeah. And then he got a, um, the DVD in the mail. So Joseph knows where he lives. Yeah. And uh, Aaron comments, he isn't really sure how he should interpret the film, but he just wants to get rid of it. So he throws it in the trash. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Poor Aaron. Little dummy. I know. He's such a sweet guy. (laughs) So then later that night, Aaron's awake and he's filming himself about the weird dreams he's having that involve Joseph. Uh, he, he's like, I dreamt I had a tubby with Joseph, yeah. and it's just really and weird. And I, like, he, he was wearing the wolf mask in, yeah. in the dream. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. Then the next morning, a giant box arrives, and Aaron is pretty sure who it's from. Uh, the ba- side of the box is fragile. He oh, he finds a knife and a DVD, and he watches the movie, and um, then uh, Joseph says, there's something else. Joseph appears on the screen. He's like, there's something else in the box. So he instructs Aaron to open up the box more and he finds a wolf, like baby peach fuzz. Yeah, well, like a little stuffed animal, like cute wolf. wolf. And then he says, you need to find what's inside. There's something else inside. So he opens up the wolf and there's a heart locket. (laughs) And it says J and A forever. And it has a picture of Joseph and Aaron on both sides. I mean, come on, who doesn't Mm -hmm. love that? Yeah, it's weird. Um, so then Aaron, of course, is like the next scene shows him like reinforcing his deadbolt and right, yeah. calling the cops. And um, basically the cops are like, we we can't really do anything yeah. for you. Like, he hasn't actually done anything house. illegal. Yeah. yeah. The house, we, do you have a name? No, it's like maybe not. And uh, the house was a rental where he was and you don't even know who it is. And he's like, he's sending me weird things. Like, okay. Okay. And the cops are like, there's really nothing you can, we can do. 
So then the following night, Aaron's filming himself again, and he's on edge. Then there is a big, loud thump, and Aaron goes to investigate. He left the camera on from his bedroom, and as the viewer, um, you can see out into his living room and the front door, and you see Joseph standing at the door, standing very still, looking inside. Yeah. And then Aaron didn't see it. And then Aaron walks back, and Joseph runs away again. He just runs all the time. Yeah, he's a little bit of a weirdo. Um, So then he walks outside where Joseph just was and only sees an open trash can. The following scene, we see Aaron is sleeping and then someone picks up his camera and kind of scans his his hot bod while while he's sleeping. Uh, And then we see hands and scissors and he cuts some of Aaron's hair, like a little locket of hair. Mm. So then a few days later, he finds a DVD left on the windowsill uh, for him where his screen was cut from the inside. Yes, which is not what you want to see. Yeah, not not ideal. So then the DVD has um, or the movie has Joseph and he's like kind of telling Aaron his story. He's like, I'm really sorry that I lied all the time. And um, he isn't really sure why he does this. He asks Aaron to come and talk to him at Lake Gregory at 11 a.m. to talk. And he wants to show Aaron who he really is and to tell him the truth. And he was like, really, I'm just a lonely person and I need a friend. And I'm just really, you know, sorry. And Aaron is the only chance that he has. And then Aaron puts the camera on himself and he goes, oh, he just looks so sad. What the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Like, he feels kind of bad for him. So then Aaron goes to the lake and he comments that he's filming this from his car so we can see the park bench and the wide open space and Mm -hmm. it's the middle of the day it's a beautiful day um looking out at the lake Mm -hmm. and there's a bench that's where your back would be to anybody and you'd be looking at the water and he has he's like i have my phone set to speed dial 911 if anything gets you know bad Mm-hmm. So then Aaron goes to the pet park bench and he looks around and we see Joseph arrive behind him. And there's also like a chainsaw going on. So you can hear like there must be like, um, you know, work, yard work or some stuff going on. So he, you see Joseph behind him. He's wearing a long trench coat. He has an axe in his hand. He, he puts his peach fuzz mask on. He sneaks up on Aaron and we see him hold the ha- axe high. Aaron doesn't turn around at all. Right. <laughs> and uh, then he hits Aaron in the head and he, uh, yeah, it's bad. So yeah, it looks really believable. Yeah, it's wild. The like, so. you know, Aaron, like the, it looks like an actual live person sitting on the bench and then another actual person actually bearing an axe in his head. Yeah. But it's from a distance. And so yeah. obviously, you know, whatever they did was pretty skillful, but it looks real. Definitely looks like a Lizzie Borden situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then the film is then paused. And we see Joseph proclaim that he will always love Aaron. Oh. And that he believed Joseph was good. And he said that's why he will always be his favorite of them all. Mm-hmm. And then we were left with a jump scare when Joseph jumps into the camera's frame. Into him where Aaron had the film going. Yeah. And then you see, <coughs> excuse me, Joseph popping in and then like multiple screaming. Mm-hmm. So then later we hear a phone buzzing and Joseph answers it saying, this is Bill. And then he describes the job to somebody on the phone. He opens the cabinet and we see a lot of VHS and DVDs with names on them. He places a DVD on the shelf that says Aaron with a big heart drawn on the DVD. Mm. And that's the end. (sighs) So did you think it was scary and or weird, creepy, whatever? Yes, yes, yes. And yes, um... 
I did. I, I remember a while back, um, Victor had made a suggestion that like something that we could do was do like our top scary moments um, oh, from yeah. a movie. And so with this one, I felt like that that fit well um, with this one, because so much of what makes this a great movie is the overall vibe. But there were a couple of particular moments where I was like, okay, that's fucking scary. Um, one of them is for me was um, like you said, when Joseph runs away and he's blocking the doorway in the peach fuzz mask. I know because it's like it's drawn out he's like fairly still and he's got the mask on so you can't see his face you can't see his facial expression and you just you know you don't know what's going to happen and they do draw it out for I mean it's not a long time but like 10-15 seconds or however long it is um, just that anticipation and he's been so unpredictable up until that point and it's clearly escalating and yeah. so like very just the, erratic very yeah. very erratic yeah and so you're like anything could happen right now this guy could do anything in this moment and so the tension that they've built and just there's something about that image of him standing like across the closed door with this mask on and you can't see his face I was like that that moment I thought was pretty scary and then he's like are you trying to scare me and he's like like, just slowly nods but doesn't say anything yeah no um (laughs) and then uh the other one that you mentioned when um uh, after Aaron is back at home and um, he's being filmed while he's sleeping mm-hmm. because that's something like that preys on a real like vulnerability that that you would feel of, like that somebody could be doing something to you or around you um, while you're sleeping and you have no idea. Yeah. Like that's that's legitimately unsettling. And you're like, wait, oh, my God, does that really happen? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> look at this. Look at look at Joseph. I know. Um, yeah. And, you know, he leaves he lives alone. So you're yeah. like, it's nobody else. It's got to be Joseph. Yeah. It's crazy. Because well, no, like at first the, the camera is stationary and we've seen a lot of footage of Aaron just filming himself. And so you think that this is just more of that. And so there's just like a few seconds where it's just station, the camera not moving on Aaron asleep. And then all of a sudden the camera gets picked yeah. up and moved. And then you're like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the last one is that final kill. Like when when he puts the axe in, in Aaron's head, like that yeah. moment, you, it's like... It's shocking. And it, like you said, it's a very idyllic scene and this setting, like this beautiful lake, this beautiful sunny day, this guy sitting on a bench. And then it's kind of like weird and comical the way that Joseph comes up and he's like, like doing like an exaggerated, like sneaking up, you know, body language. It felt like very like Warner Brothers. Yeah. And then you're like, what's going to happen? And again, he's been so unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen. And then you're like, oh, he's just going to put the axe in his head. Okay, like that moment I thought was really well done, too. Um, So those were the the spots where I felt like were particularly scary. Um, But generally, like what's so good about this movie is is just this um, discomfort you feel the whole time. Like every every scene, every moment, everything that Joseph does and all their interactions just gets increasingly more and more uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which is where that that idea of creep, you know, comes from. It's like, you know, he's not a monster initially. Yeah. He's just a creep. If, but you're like, how much like are you just like socially inept? Yeah. Like, is this your first ta- time talking to, like, another human being? Yeah. Like, are you, like, is it, how deep does this go? Right. Well, and that's <laughs> one of the things that I looked up about it, um, said that when they were in the process of um, making this movie, it evolved originally from the concept was kind of like a psychological black comedy. 
Mm-hmm. And then it evolved into what they called a psychological horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, like some of the notes that I made while I was watching it is that it, it really is kind of this, it's playing on all of these human, normal human emotions mm-hmm. that people have in, in these um, situations all the time. Like the, the idea of trust, like Aaron goes into it, just believing everything Joseph says, that he's telling the truth about the brain tumor, that he's telling the truth about why he's making this video. Even his vacation home. He's yeah, like, that, oh, that, that's his vac- home. It's not at all. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then like this feeling of sympathy, like that this guy's dying, that this, you know, he's never going to meet his kid. You you really feel sorry for him. Mm -hmm. And then even later on toward the end when he knows that was all bullshit, but he's still feeling bad for him. Like this is just a messed up guy that doesn't have friends because he's a fucking weirdo Mm -hmm. and you feel sorry for him. Um and then just this this idea of I kind of described it as like kind of generosity of like, OK, well, he's he's just weird. Don't judge him. He's harmless. You feel sorry for him. Like all of these um, feelings that Aaron experiences in these weird situations that mitigate him just walking the fuck away. Mm-hmm. And it's like that, you know, George and Karen talk about it all the time, like the red flags, like fuck politeness. Like you see all of these red flags, but it's a very, very human reaction to excuse them or explain them away mm-hmm. um and he has an answer for everything he does yeah and yeah. so he's and helping plus, plus aaron, aaron explain wants, those away yeah and aaron needs the money you know so yeah. he's like well what am i willing to overlook for real so kind of a little bit eccentric but i you know a thousand dollars is a thousand dollars yeah you know? exactly like, you know anybody might be like, be like, okay, I can suffer through like a weird, uncomfortable because he he doesn't think that he's actually in real danger for most of this experience. It's just like, oh, this is awkward and weird and now (laughs) getting increasingly more gross Mm -hmm. and maybe starting to feel threatening. But at that point, he'd gone really far down the road. Um, And I think I may have mentioned this before, but it's um, an element of a movie that um, I always thought was really um, kind of wise is from the um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movie that Daniel Craig made with Rooney Mara. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, this is a spoiler alert podcast, but um, there's a point in it where, um, you know, Daniel Craig knows who the killer is mm-hmm. um, and he's like trying to get away and he doesn't get away. And the killer was like, oh, come in and have a drink. And he's like, no, no, I got to go. And he's like, oh, come on, come in and have a drink. And he's like, oh, OK. And so he goes in and then, of course, he ends up in the killer's clutches and the killer says to him like like people are so stupid like we're so we're more afraid of offending someone Mm -hmm. than we are of putting ourselves in a life-threatening situation like Daniel Craig knew that this guy was the killer um but he was like more concerned about being like no I'm not gonna come and have a drink see you later and just walking away so he's like okay I'll Mm -hmm. go in and have the drink and then leave less less concerned with self-preservation yeah and more concerned about offending somebody exactly and that's Which like crazy yeah it also happens yeah all the time yeah. like the the <laughs> um impact of our like socialization over like kind of overpowering our like animal instincts like our you know because self-preservation that idea of self-preservation is like a, a base instinct it's like survival mm-hmm. um but as we've become you know as we become socialized as we as a you know humanity has become more socialized like there's all of these other elements of the way that we live that 
like Trump, those like kind of primal things that are supposed to be, you know, keeping us safe and keeping us alive. Yeah. And we don't listen to those mm-hmm. like little red flags or alarm bells or whatever. That makes me think of the vampire Sacramento where they he she, he um, approached a, a girl that she and he knew her from like high school or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was like kind of get away from me or no I have to go and like that was the smartest thing she could have done yeah and it's like so many people are just so worried about like someone hurting feelings yeah then yeah like taking care of themselves or or listening to their gut Mm -hmm. which um this movie really kind of makes me think a lot about too so yeah and I think that's what is is really cool about it and what makes it like not just creepy or weird or scary in moments but like kind of legitimately thought-provoking. Definitely. Yeah. It seems like this is something that could happen. Yeah. Which is why it's so terrifying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we've already kind of gotten your take on it, but did you think yeah, it was scary? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so short. It made me think of um, like a Twilight Zone or a Black oh, Mirror yeah. or something that's like a fa- like quick... It's just supposed to be like a think piece. Yeah. And it felt felt very... Tarantino in some ways because mm-hmm. of all the dialogue. I think they call it like mumblecore, but this is like mumblecore like uh, horror because okay. it's all like talking, talking, talking mm-hmm. and uh, dialogue. And, you know, I kind of really enjoy movies like that because it's I love when it seems genuine or real and not like a fake kind of like a movie. Yeah. But it, I don't know. I just liked here like seeing layer by layer truths get exposed or lies mm-hmm. be like wait i thought you said this and you're like ah, oh, oh my gosh yeah like yeah it's very gradual <laughs> yeah it's super gradual it's a slow burn mm-hmm. um although it's called creep for a reason but yeah. then maybe you don't really know what who's the creep you know i mean i think we sort of know but like you know i don't you, you also feel bad for um aaron because he's so just kind of like where you know I'm going to be okay with this. You know, this is kind of annoying. This is kind of weird. But he just seems like a genuinely good guy. Right. And that Which should Joseph be like acknowledges at the end. <laughs> you're such a good guy. That's why you're my favorite. Of the people I've killed. So uh, I take that back. I guess we know who the creep is. It's going to be <laughs> Joseph. But um, it would have been a real like <laughs> um, surprise ending if it had turned out the creep was Aaron. It was Aaron. I know. Uh, I do have some fun like tidbits that I thought were kind of fun. Um, which makes me love this movie uh, even more. Because it, it, a lot of it um, had, well, it had a lot of similarities to like Blair Witch. Because, oh, yeah, the way it was made. Um, yeah, like there's a five-page outline, and they filmed it in about a week. A lot of it's like, you know, ad-lib, but kind of yeah, yeah. as they went. Uh, Aaron is played by Patrick Bryce, who directed and co-wrote the movie with Mark Duplass. Mm-hmm. Duplass? Um, and Mark Duplass, he's, he has such a nice, kind, likable face. Yeah. So that's why it looks, it's even more crazy because he doesn't, nothing about him even looks sinister to me. No, and he's not like, <laughs> he's not a real big, tall guy. No. He just looks like a totally normal guy that you could kind of imagine being just a little dorky or a little yeah. weird. And so he doesn't have a lot of friends because he's just a little weird. Like a weirdo. And then the yeah. first scene, he's wearing like jogging clothes and he's like, hey, how's it going? And then, yeah, you know, like, totally oh, harmless. You're a murderer. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it was like, um, uh, Mostly improvised, uh, and then 
Oh, assuming that the videos and the movies were all you could see, it says Joseph had um, groomed and murdered at least 57 people prior to Aaron. Yeah. Just like so many people killed. And um, so you see at least 35 victim names on the the tapes and DVDs. And then there's, you know, dozens that are not visible. Right. So... I was like, oh, my gosh, how long? Is He's like a prolific serial killer. That's yeah. crazy. Well, and it's like clearly yeah. he just goes from one to the next to the next to the next. Because, I mean, the definition of serial killer involves a cooling off period between murders. So maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't qualify because, like, he's just killed Aaron and he's taking this phone call from who will presumably be his next victim. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. So I had seen like some of those notes too about the um, like the five page outline and that it was mostly improvised um, and uh, comparing it um, to Blair Witch in another way too that like it visually it seemed like a very polished piece of film work. Mm-hmm. Whereas we talked when we talked about Blair Witch, um, we because uh, I think that we brought this up um, during our summer where we were doing found footage because. Obviously, I mean, we didn't state it explicitly, but this movie is found footage. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think I forgot to even mention that. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, but um, when we talked about Blair Witch, we talked about the kind of the graininess, grittiness of the visuals of it. They had the two cameras. You had the color and you had the black and white. Mm-hmm. There was that handheld element that was very jiggly and shaky that made the so many viewers um, sick. And we talked about how um, found footage has kind of changed a little bit since then in terms of the visuals that they it doesn't always look as maybe quote unquote legitimate like Blair Witch did Uh um but for this one um it it looked even though it was you know made in a very short period of time had that really just bare bones script that they worked off of and ad-libbed so much of the dialogue um but it looked and felt like a more polished found footage movie than Blair Witch did oh for sure yeah yeah um I don't I mean I don't think this would make anyone sick. Hope I don't think. No, and it did. It's it had the couple (laughs) of elements like the jump scares where like Aaron would be walking along and Joseph would like jump out and scream at him, and so then naturally the camera would move violently because Aaron was like having a violent reaction to being startled. "Ah, Um, So there were parts in it that were. had a lot of motion in them but then there was also a lot of scenes where it was just like like they're sitting at a table talking mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and so it's not there's not a lot of movement of the camera yeah. um, so maybe that had something to do with it too um, did you watch the second one? I did. And I, I put down a couple um, notes about that. So Creep 2 came out in 2017. So uh, released three years later, um, even though when they um, when they released the first one, they were already like working on. I don't know if it was in production, but like they were already working on the second one. Mm-hmm. Um and then it opens with um, we see that Joseph's character is still doing what he's doing. He's got this new victim. We see some footage of a meetup with one guy that he's clearly been grooming for a long time, and then he kills him. Um, but then the uh, additional character that they introduce that ends up being you know just like the other half of the the two person experience um, for the second movie mm-hmm. is this girl Sarah who is the host of a um, web series called Encounters, mm-hmm. and you know you see like some footage or like commercials or at not commercials but like little ads or clips of some of her previous episodes and it's basically she just answers ads 
um, and hopes to have and record weird experiences with people. Yeah, she's interested in like the human condition. Yeah. Kind of like what people. Like one of them, for example, was like a guy who put an ad out for someone to come and like treat him like a baby. Mm-hmm. And so she's like sitting on a sofa with this adult man laying in his lap and she's like rocking him and singing him a lullaby. So it's like she's looking for those kinds of um that kind of content for her web series, but she's like, feels like um, she, it's kind of stagnated and it's yeah. not going anywhere and it's not any good. And her last episode had like nine views. And yeah. Like, Ooh. And she's like, I think I figured out because this show fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think my child has more views on his YouTube channel. <laughs> Absolutely. Than, than Sarah. Poor Sarah. Um, so she's like really in this point where she really wants to make this web series relevant. Um, she's feeling like really down about where it's at, but she's very motivated. Um, and so she answers, uh, Joseph's ad. Um, he introduces himself as Aaron. Yeah. Um, And then the ad also said something like, um, open mind, you know, like interview with a vampire kind of, you know, like be, be, you know, open. Right. Kind of. Um, and so basically Joseph, Joseph, AKA Aaron in this one, um, we realize he's feeling kind of like, I put disconnected from his murder process. Like he's, he's just kind of rut. like blah about it now. Yeah. He's in a rut. In a rut. The thrill is gone. Exactly. Uh, and then he's goes. lost his inspiration, <laughs> his mojo. Um, and yeah. so he hires Sarah um, to allegedly to make a documentary on the process. And so he basically tells her that he's a killer. Yeah. Um, from like the first yeah. 10 minutes. But like, then, of course, she doesn't believe him. And that's another example of like how our socialization, you know, like kind of overpowers our like base. Survival. Like if somebody tells you they're a serial killer, your like hyper rational modern mind is like, well, no, You're they like, can't be. How, how like, can you do that? That wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't be true. If it was true, you wouldn't just tell me like all you know. So she's just like, OK, this is just part of his like whatever sick, twisted thing. And that's yeah. what she's there for. Yes. Like she's like, yes, this is perfect. She's eating it up because she wants this episode to be more thrilling, more captivating, more interesting than her previous ones. And so yeah. everything he's delivering, she's like 100 percent there for. But also. Um, He's not able to elicit reactions that he wants. Yeah, he keeps trying to jump scaring her like he did with Aaron in the first one. And she doesn't startle. Like at all. Yeah. She writes me of me in some ways. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And so they're they're kind of like in this competition. And um, like you say, so she ends up being a little bit more in control of the situation. Which he does not like. No. And mm-hmm. so like it totally sets him off his game. And you can see that he he starts to get like irritated or angry when he's not, you know, things aren't going the way that he's planned mm-hmm. or that he wants them to go. And yeah. so it's like the same scenario, but the power dynamic is completely shifted from the yes. first movie. She wants all this. She wants something from him him as opposed to yeah. what he usually is getting from these relationships that he situations yeah like he likes the chase the thrill yeah. of the chase and manipulating and somebody. she's not she's not running like not she's leaning into it like mm-hmm. there's the part where um he comes out in like just a towel mm-hmm. and he's like oh you know women in dressing rooms together naked together and men in locker rooms are naked together but if it's a man and a woman we put up these barriers and i don't want there to be any barriers between us so he like drops trow and like it just does we get some full frontal nudity mark duplis <laughs> good old mark some mark dick um <laughs> 
And but and clearly, like his goal is to shock her, to make mm-hmm. her uncomfortable, like yeah. he has in the past, like we saw happen with Aaron. And she's like, "Okay, cool. So you want to see me now?" And he's like, "Wait, what?" Well, he's like, oh, "Oh, okay." She's like, "Here, come take the camera." And so she gives him the camera, and she, I mean, the camera zoom. He zooms the camera in on her face, so like we don't. I mean, we see her topless. We but she like drops trowel and like takes her top off and everything. So in theory, like we understand that like she's showing him like completely mm-hmm. naked and yeah. that's like he's not obviously what he expected to happen and she's super like casual like oh, okay like, are we yeah. done now okay are so okay i'm gonna put my shit can back we, on can we like move on yeah and then she reveals her who she really is in the bathroom when she like closes herself off in the bathroom and she's like oh my gosh yeah holy shit this is like, like this is insane and everything and um and so i love the part flags <laughs> And she's like, but because I'm not an idiot. And she, like, pulls out her knife, sticks it in her boot. Yeah, from her boot. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, she's prepared. But, like, I feel like she, in this movie, I loved it. And I was like, how can they top the first one? Right. I don't feel like it was topped, but it felt like it was a really good contender. Yeah, because it was so different. Yes. They really tur- flipped different. things. They didn't rehash or didn't kind of recycle. Mm-mm. And it was like, she is a really good person to be um kind of on the opposite side mm-hmm. and so he's has to he's the one being made uncomfortable and has to grapple with the situation and he's he was so used to that and he was so like oh this is so boring like he, he killed that guy at the beginning he's like this isn't even like fun yeah and, and then so he kind of got what he wanted although he's not enjoying it but you know he wanted something different someone to keep him on his toes yeah so they're a match made in heaven yeah i'm i'm saying it was like the perfect like opposing match mm-hmm. like he he kept trying to get her to like to thrill or, or be through you know scared and run away and he was mm-hmm. getting that thrill and he it was just like it was great i loved it yeah so so definitely mm-hmm. recommend that one as well and i i don't know exactly how long it was i'm sure that it was pretty short as well yeah. so they make a pretty yeah. good like one two punch to watch back to back oh yeah i think i watched both pretty no 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 i watched one one evening mm-hmm. it was like not, I was like, okay, I have to an watch eye. this movie, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm done, yeah. it's great. Yeah, I watched them both <laughs> last night, back to back, but it was late, and I was drinking, and that's why I don't actually remember how the second one ends. <laughs> oh, well, I will spoil. Uh, would you like to, or Shh. should, uh, okay? I'll spoil it. Spoil it. Um, so he, they have, like, a great old time. Did you play, did you see when they, like, played tag, or not tag, but, like, hide and go seek? Yes. And she was, like, chasing after him with yeah. a knife and stuff, and he's like, ah! Like he's just like <laughs> he's like loving. Yeah. Finally, the thrill was back, and he was like loving his life. And then he decided he's like, okay, well, I have to kill myself. You know, this is why it doesn't matter if I'm telling you all this stuff about myself. You know, mm-hmm. cause she's like, what? What's to keep me from calling the cops on you? Well, you know, like, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, it doesn't matter because I'm gonna die anyway. So I might as well tell my story first. And so he's like put on his peach fuzz mask and he's like, just chop my head off. And she's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and then, then he pretends to hang himself and she gets really pissed and she's like, mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Like, this is really not cool. And he's like, no, please don't go. I had a strap on um, under my shirt. <laughs> not a strap on. Not a strap like on. A harness. Strap on. <laughs> it was a harness. And it, I wouldn't have been killed. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry. I, I was did. just trying I'm to so, freak I'm, you out. Yeah, I'm sorry I did that. And she's like, that was really fucked up. And then he's like, I have a great final scene. So this is how we're going to end the movie. We can kill each other, like, um, 
are like, I can kill myself and then you can kill yourself like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And here, she's like, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> and he like dug graves. For I, yeah, I got, I remember the, the grave, grave digging. <laughs> and then um, he stabs himself a bunch of times in the gut. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, nah. And then she runs away and then he ended up like stabbing her or something. She gets hurt. I can't remember yeah. what happens. And then he throws her they're both in the ditch and then he comes out and he's talking to the camera and he's like, you know, I, I you know, I just decided I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I guess I'm just not going to die tonight. And I feel bad for Sarah. Cause like, it was like my idea. He like dragged her body into the ditch and he's like, you, you know, know, I'm not feeling it. I feel kind of bad. <laughs> I think I really do though. He, I felt, I feel like he actually felt bad. Yeah. Cause he, before he felt nothing for mm-hmm. anybody else. And then he's like, Sarah, you know, she was great. <laughs> and then she comes out all quiet. And it was very, it was like the first one where he, he doesn't comes turn around a yeah, lot. Yeah. And then she like knock, clogs him in the head with the shovel. Mm-hmm. And that's the end. And she runs off. And then you see her walking. Um, someone's filming her from afar. Oh, that's right. In and, New York. She, and then she's on like a subway train. Yes. Her hair is very different. So you imagine it's sometime later. It's been, yeah. you know, probably months or something. And she is being followed down the street, then in the subway. And then he like starts kind of whistling a song that she, they, they know mm-hmm. together. And she like, breaking, there's like a look of like, oh, I see him. Yeah. And then that's the Okay. End. I do. I remember that moment now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Really good ending because, and that makes sense because um, I also saw that Creep Three is in production. I think it's very early on um, they because kept, there's like, like changing. Uh, yeah, there's like yeah. nothing that you can actually find about it except that they are supposedly making it. Yeah, I heard that too. I've mm-hmm. been waiting, but then there's COVID, and then they're like saying they didn't want to just release any old crap, right? Because they felt pretty strongly about the second, you know. So. Yeah. They want to just tell a good story, not really. Yeah, and I I hope that they they do either find a really good story or decide not to make it because the first two are so I mean it's such a unique concept and the first two were so good and different um and so to stick with that concept and find yet another different way to tell it or path to take it down would be challenging and mm-hmm. it would be disappointing if they if it, they made a big turd. Yeah, I'd be bummed. <laughs> I view them. So that's the whole, well, oh, the first and, and second movie, apparently. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I love these found footage. We we could have included in our found footage thing last year, but we ran out of time. We just yeah. had so much to, to watch. Yeah, there was so much to work with in, in that whole found footage uh, universe. Yeah. Um. Though we don't often devote a lot of time to it anymore, the parent corner for this one... I mean, I don't know. I I think for an early teen horror fan, it would be okay. There is some nudity um, and some, you know, swearing, but um, it's it's upsetting and disturbing. Um, But I don't if you like again, if you have like 13, 14 year old who's like watched a bunch of horror movies, like maybe it would be okay. You don't Honestly, agree? Though, I'm the, looking at Meredith's face and she's like, mm, no. <laughs> I think, though, that final scene seems so real. Of uh, the first one or the second the one? The first one. Yeah, it does. So, but then, because I'm thinking of Grace, you know, she's 14. 
Um, she's seen a lot of horror movies and I would absolutely be like, oh yeah, you should watch this. This is really good. Um, because she's old enough to kind of appreciate that, that concept of, um, you know, all of these red flags, all these things making him uncomfortable and he doesn't leave. Mm -hmm. Like she would get that. And then even though that last moment, that kill is like really cool and really well done. I mean, if you've seen a bunch of horror movies, you've seen a bunch of kills already. That's true. So I don't think that it would be like upsetting or problematic. So yeah, like obviously for anybody who was younger or hadn't seen a like, you know, and not just like scary movies, because like you could have a 13 year old that's watched a bunch of ghost shit that's seen like The Ring and uh, The Haunting and like all that stuff. But they've never watched like slasher or anything that has like physical violence. Then you might look you might consider that differently. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she's seen your next. So <laughs> anything That's after true. that seems pretty, your next so <laughs> pretty good. mild. It's so good. <laughs> oh, and That's the funny. other one that she loved and the main character's name is Grace. Um, was that one where she, the girl gets married and then that night they have to, oh, it's it, truth or truth or hide or hide and seek. Is that what it's called? Um, it's like the rich, rich family and she marries into it. And then I never saw it. Oh, so good. I can't. I'm blanking. I think the name is something like because that's the game they have. They're like, we have to play hide and seek on your wedding night. It's a family tradition or whatever. And it turns out like the family's all demonic and shit. Um, And she ends up being like a total badass. That sounds Um, fun. It's really, really good. And, And but it's also like you're next. It's like really violent. Oh, like crossbows and knives and all kinds of crazy shit. Um, Just like a Nana gets like beheaded or something. Um, yeah. Nana, Grammy, Grandma. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty brutal. (laughs) So like, (laughs) she's seen, she's seen that, she's seen your next. So like, you know, Peach Fuzz Mm -hmm. axing Aaron in the head. No big, and, and BD. Yeah. I also was going to mention, I forgot that, um, we keep, as a viewer, you're thinking, um, why don't he just get out of there? Mm -hmm. You know, over and over again. Why doesn't he leave? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you can get out of there and he's going to find you. Yeah. But you don't realize that at the time. Like, that was the thing. Like, him him delivering something to Aaron's home, that was, like, next level upsetting. Because you yes. think, okay, Aaron made it out and it's just this weird experience. And then it's like, no, it's following you. This experience right. is not over. But I think that also added another layer of why this was so scary. Yeah. Kind of, too. But I forgot to mention that little little bit. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll wait. I'd wait to show Charlotte. For sure. Also, I think she might think it's boring. Yeah, you do. That's why I said, like, you do have to, not that she's not, you know, old enough to get this, but so much of what makes it enjoyable and interesting and not boring is your understanding of this dynamic of um, social norms Mm -hmm. and our willingness to... Um, tolerate things that seem wrong or seem off um, Mm -hmm. in in our effort to preserve social order in our relationships with people and then like the the concept of slow burn movies and yeah um, the patience how the payoff yeah you know you know the payoff of Rosemary realizing this shit. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, it goes all the way to the top. There's <laughs> and that demon. was the, like, or a devil worshiping cult. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, that was so much more the character of scary movies back, you know, in the early days. And it's not anymore. 
Um, and I remember, you know, when I started showing some movies to my my kids when they were younger and like really trying to not just scary movies, but any movie that, um, you know, it, it, it was about building suspense, building tension and telling a story and not just relying on scary or gory visuals or jump scares. Mm-hmm. Um and then and it's so funny now because when Grace first, you know, wanted to like watch something scary and she was pretty little um, and in an effort to be like, OK, well, let's start with some classics um, also because they tend to be less scary. Mm-hmm. And like probably I think the very first scary movie I ever showed her was The Birds. Mm-hmm. She fucking hates birds now. She is yeah. so like she's legitimately has a phobia of birds. And now it's extended to anything with wings like she hates butterflies. <laughs> like oh my god are you like we were playing mini golf when we were in arkansas we went drove up to branson and we we're playing mini golf and a butterfly was like flying around and we're like "Ooh, grace here's a butterfly right she's about to take a shot it landed on her golf ball and she was like well i'm out of here and just like <laughs> dropped her club and like walked away i was like oh my god it's a fucking butterfly scar your children yeah and that's that just goes to show that and then let's take a detour to a parenting podcast here that no matter how hard you try you'll do it wrong <laughs> that is the, if I've learned anything about parenting, like no matter how much thought you put into your decisions, how deliberate you are with your choices and conscientious and thoughtful, you're still going to do you're going to fuck something up. You're going to do something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. She and you won't find out. Fodder for therapy. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, I'm slowly showing things to Charlotte and I know I'm messing up. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I have to say. What are you going to do? Yeah. Well, and I told them. Um, and <laughs> this is why it's a like non-expert opinion. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we expert. are. And and this is, I mean, there are no expert parents out there. There are parenting experts. But even those parenting experts are usually willing to say like, oh, well, you know, some, some nights I fucking give my kid dino nuggies for dinner and put them in front of the TV because I just can't take it anymore. Like, mm-hmm. there are no perfect parents. Yeah. Um. But I have always kind of, um, well, not always, but since my kids have gotten a little older, this has been my mentality. But I realized when we were in Arkansas that I'd never actually articulated it to the kids um, that I was like, I'm at a point now where I'm like, I'm going to let you make your own mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, because nobody's going to suffer the consequences of this like mild stuff, really, but you. And that's the only way that you're going to learn from it. Yeah. And so <laughs> like a perfect example. So Grace is actually in Thailand right now. Um, on a uh, Girl Scout trip. And she, um, while I wasn't there, made the call to get acrylic nails when we went. We did this whole like mani-pedi trip with my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law and me and Grace um, at the beginning of June. And so it's supposed to, because mine and my sister-in-law's birthdays are both the beginning of June and Grace had her graduation. And so we're like, oh, let's all go, you know, get our nails done. And uh, we were in Burlingame and I couldn't find parking. So I dropped Grace off at the salon because my mother-in-law and sister-in-law were already there. And then by the time I parked the car and got there, she already had the acrylics started. And I was like, oh, for fuck's Uh. sake. Um, Yeah. And she it's funny because she knows I hate them. She knows her dad hates them. But we have never told her you can't have fake nails in the past it's only been like the little glue on kind mm-hmm. she'd never like actually done professional acrylics before and I like looked at my mother-in-law and I'm like what are you doing to me like you're sitting right there how did you let this happen but it's not like she disobeyed us or broke a rule because we'd never told her you can't do this she just knows we don't like it 
Um, but anyway, so then there was this whole question, like, she's going to have him on for this trip to Arkansas. We're going to be like working cattle and canoeing and she's going to have these like ridiculous pink acrylic nails. Um, and then we were discussing, uh, my husband and I, like whether or not, um, she should take them off before she goes to Thailand where they're going to be like working with elephants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And Tom's like, yeah, no, she should take them off. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to tell her to take them off. And I kind of falls in that category of like, let her make her own mistakes. And even like, I ended up not even seeing what she packed for her trip. Like she got a packing list from the tour company that is running their trip Mm -hmm. um, of everything that she would need. And she's a smart girl. And if she needed any help or had any questions, you know, she she knew she could ask me. But I did not lay eyes on what she put in that bag and left with. And I was like, nobody is going to suffer the consequences except you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are too hot, if you are too cold, if you're uncomfortable, if you can't go into a temple because you didn't bring anything that covers your shoulders, even though the packing list said you need to be able to cover your shoulders, you're going to be the one that doesn't get to go in that temple. And so I'm like, just make your own mistakes. Mm-hmm. Because that's not a life-ending mistake. That's not, there's no long-term damage from that mistake. But she might learn from it because it was her mistake, not like me telling her you need to pack differently. And then she goes there and do, Oh, mom was right. I feel like it's more, uh, it'll have a more lasting effect if she's like, God damn it. I shouldn't have, I should have packed what they put on the list. I should have just checked off each item <laughs> right? as I was going. I should have had mom check what I brought. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting there, but not all the way. Cause Deke is a baby. Yeah. He's my baby. Yeah. Your, your kids are like just stair-stepped behind younger than mine enough yeah but like when we went to socal i was like you need to pack your stuff mm-hmm. i didn't look and see what they got no i was like godspeed if you don't pack pants that's you on you yeah that, if you're gonna wear like pack hoodies and coats and sweaters you're gonna be uncomfortable gonna be i'm not gonna buy you shorts and you, t-shirt right you're gonna be hot and sweaty so pack accordingly yeah go with god that's where <laughs> pretty much that's it <laughs> yeah yeah I'm like you know what you need they're like what do i pack i'm like Psh, how many days are you gonna be there that's how many, that's how much stuff. And it's hot. <laughs> I'm like, pack an extra shirt or an underwear and shorts or whatever for sweat. Yeah. <laughs> sweat. That's dirt, my one tip. Dirty spill, yeah. whatever. Well, in the, <laughs> that's, the, the um, that's the only guidance you're getting. The story that Tom always refers back to when we have this, you know, cause he and I don't entirely agree about this. Um, he's very much so like, we just need to tell her sometimes, like tell her she can't do something or tell her she has to do something, whether she likes it or not. And I'm more like, eh, do we really, do we have to do that? Um, but when there was one time, you know, we have our vacation house in Arnold and it gets pretty warm there in the summer, like in the nineties and stuff. And, she, but she, oh, she was in, she might've still been in preschool because we had just been gifted this big old bag of hand-me-down clothes from a preschool classmate. So she's like five. And, um, but at that point I was like, you know, already like, go pack your bag. We're going to Arnold for the weekend, go pack your bag. And she was so excited about all of the new hand-me-downs that she got that she ended up packing just that stuff, which was like all dresses. <laughs> and some of them were like sweater dresses. And so um, one of the things that they like to do still now and then when they were little um, is that we have razor scooters up there because our driveway is like really long and sloped down into this cul-de-sac. So they scooter down the driveway and into the cul-de-sac. And um, but and you know, I'm a bad parent. They don't wear helmets or anything like that. Um, But I was like, you have to have your legs covered at least so that when you wipe out, you don't take all the skin off your knees or whatever. Um, But she had not packed any. She'd only packed all of these dresses. And so. 
so um but i was like well you got to figure out something to cover your your legs with and it's our house up there so there's stuff around i go out and she's wearing this sweater dress and snow pants (laughs) (laughs) scootering in the driveway in like 90 degree temperature and i was like yeah, maybe I should have checked your bag. But she was five then. And maybe she learned a valuable lesson from that occasion that stays with her to this day. Who knows? Well, I mean, her legs were protected. They were extremely protected. No scrapes, no no, no bruising, lots of sweat. Just a minor, minor overheating. But, you yeah, know, yeah, a little, little bit fine. of a fever, fever rash. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Clearly it's fine because she survived this long. Sure. <laughs> that's our that's our bar, our bar. That's the bar. That's the bar that we're shooting for. Still survival. Alive. Still, alive. Still alive and kicking. Yeah. Um, well, I think this is a very deviated. <laughs> this conversation is deviated yeah. a lot. Well, we had but, to. We needed to fun. throw some filler in there because these were short movies. They very, were very, very short, short movies. Yeah. Like I feel like I did my synopsis in fifteen. Like, yeah, I was 15. watching the counter. I'm like, Yeesh. I know, and I did like pages of. I typing. know. I typed a lot. You tried. I tried so hard. (laughs) (laughs) It was really me. I I didn't bring enough to the table. Yeah. Except all my parenting drivel. Sorry about that. I went to Arkansas and I was working with cows. What do you want from me? (laughs) You're like, this is the horror movie podcast, Katie. Stop talking about cows and children. (laughs) Which reminds me, you, um, speaking of like footage, found footage and other stuff, like Uh watch, if you're going to watch Black Mirror. Mm Mm-hmm. Not all of them, they're all very, like, not, they're, like, vignette stories. Yeah. Where they, you have to watch all of them. Right, they're disconnected, to. yeah. Yeah, and, except they all kind of take place in the same kind of world, basically, okay. or, like, universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like Stephen King universe a little bit. Mm-hmm. So watch Lock Henry. Okay. It's very good, and it kind of reminds me a little bit, like, found footage stuff and Okay. Um, Do you know, remember what stuff. season it's from? From the one it just came out. Okay. So, it was cool. really good. I liked it. Nice. But, um, so that's my rec. And uh, it's an hour, and and I liked it a lot. Cool. Oh, and that reminds me, because you said the Stephen King universe, that um, I just, you know, I never have time to read anymore. But because we had our flights, and then I ended up finishing it, I finally read Billy Summers, which I'm assuming you've read, because I noticed it was on your bookshelf in the living room. No? No, I was gi- given it t- to read. It, okay. It's for my summer like when you have time to read, sure. Right, yeah. I'll get right on that. Um, and so it is. Um, it's a Stephen King. It's not a horror like some of his, or you know, not horror. It's a really, really interesting story, and I ended up liking it a whole lot. Um, but um, there's little crossovers, like they um, they talk about the Overlook Hotel because part of it takes place um, in Colorado. And they're like, oh, it's the site of a hotel that you know that, burned down, burned and people down. say that it was haunted or whatever. And then um, another part takes place in Hemingway home which is um where uh mother abigail lived in the stand mm-hmm. and that was actually something we didn't mention when we were talking about children of the corn but hemingford was the next town over from gatlin that they were trying to get oh, to right yeah, um yeah. and so that was like a nod too but the but in billy summers is actually called hemingford home mm-hmm. um so there was those little threads that he still plucks i love the little easter eggs yeah and ties his stories I'm his like, worlds together <laughs> and you get all excited yeah. Um, I still haven't seen Boogeyman. I really want to Oh, see yeah. It. Yeah. I didn't even realize that it was out yet, so we got we should plan a day for that. I know. Well, I have so much free time, so... Same here. Yay, summer. Okay. Um, so, so, next time. 
Next movie is The Strangers. Strangers. Secluded settings. The most, perhaps the most secluded setting. Which I will never show that movie to my children. No. No, they'll never go to a vacation house ever if you do that. (laughs) I'm like, let's go to the cabin in the woods. And they'll be like, like, "Mm, uh -uh, no way. Not today, Satan. Yeah. So this, um, (laughs) yeah, I think that when we picked secluded settings, this was like the first movie that came to my mind. Um, Definitely. And it yeah. is, it's really, really scary. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. The Sweet Live <gasps> Tyler. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a really good one for like, wait until nighttime, you know, have it be dark, have it be quiet, like really get into it because you will be frightened. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's excellent. It um, gives me like a stomach ache. <laughs> and what did we, we looked it up. It was 2008 it came out. Yes. 2008. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just... It's fantastic, so I can't wait to talk about it. But I mean, I hate it and I love it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm excited to talk about it. (laughs) Until next time. Bye. Bye.